This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Faye Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. Hey everybody, it's Rob Faye. Welcome to your Tuesday edition of Sports Bar Radio. It is the 20th day of July and I hope this podcast finds you well as we get you ready for an entire podcast dedicated to the world of sports. We're going to talk about the NFL, we're going to talk about the CFL, we're going to get into Major League Baseball, the NHL's got a lot of stuff going on, makes my voice crack. We've got so many things to get to and we're going to try to shoehorn this into one show. Keep it locked right here because I promise you, you're the smartest kid in the classroom for making this a part of your day. Please like, please subscribe every single day. I know the last couple of shows we've gone off the beaten path a little bit. We've talked about wrestling. Chris Perry and I have taken on a new venture. It is called NEW Wrestling. But today, we're going to get back to everything. Everything going on in the world of sports, including that one story that has risen above everybody else. Let me get you to the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest, Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. Okay, so I'm going to start this show with a topic that you and I have covered a number of times because the Olympic Games in Vancouver was something that we all took pride in. We were so proud that the world looked in on our fine little city for even a couple of weeks and just talked about everything that we were. Now I look right at Tokyo 2020 and unfortunately everybody is looking in on what they are not and Japan is feeling the pressure. There is no doubt right now that Japan understands that they are up against both the clock and the ire of the entire world. The chief of the Tokyo 2020 organizing committee coming out today saying that, you know what, he's not going to rule out a last-minute cancellation of the Olympics. More athletes are testing positive. Major sponsors are leaving. They won't attend Friday's opening ceremony. So today, at a news conference, Toshiro Muto said he would keep an eye on infection numbers and liaise with other organizers if necessary. That is business speak for, we're up against the clock. He said, quote, we have agreed that based on the coronavirus situation, we will convene five-party talks again. At this point, the coronavirus cases may rise or they may fall, so we will think about what we should do when the situation arises. There have been 67 cases of COVID-19 in Japan among those accredited for the game since the beginning of the month, when many of the athletes and officials started arriving. And Japan is truly sorry. Seiko Hashimoto, who is the organizing committee president, said that safety measures introduced should have reassured the Japanese public, but yet it hasn't, and that support for the games continues to drop. He says, quote, I really want to apologize from my heart for the accumulation of frustrations and concerns that the public have been feeling towards the Olympics. This is unprecedented, and this is why I actually feel bad, because this games right now is so close, and the money is right there, and they know it. So it is really the heart versus the wallet. This is really the head versus the wallet as well. We all know that these Tokyo 2020 games in the face of the pandemic probably should have been canceled. But we also know that there is a billion dollar price tag, a billion dollar investment that people won't get a return on. They won't be able to get all of their money back. 
people are going to lose their shirts on this if the games don't go. Hell, they're going to lose their shirts anyway, but this is more about saving face at this point and for the Olympic Organizing Committee to make sure that they can push this one through. Listen, they've watched the National Football League, they've watched Major League Baseball, they've watched Euro 2020, everybody's been able to get through it, and yet the pressure on Japan is unparalleled. Why? Because the world is coming to these games. This isn't just the NFL and their American and Canadian players and the odd Mexican and somebody from abroad. This is where all of the countries get together. This is the world's games. And this just in, there's a lot of countries amongst the world right now that are still struggling mightily with COVID-19, including Japan. So if Japan wanted to be a leader, would they not say that we're going to put our citizens first, that we're going to put our athletes first, that you know what, even though we're going to wear this one financially, we are going to do what is best for the games. This is why I feel bad for them. It's a lose-lose situation right now for Tokyo 2020. They are currently, as you and I have this conversation, in a state of emergency because of a spike in COVID-19 numbers. Their fourth wave. They will get these games on. They can't turn their back on it at this point. The money is right there. The investors want to see some form of return. And the world does need the Olympic Games. Trust me, that is what the IOC is hanging their hat on. That the world needs some good news. But as we look at these games that begin on Friday, if there is one more spike, how can the organizing committee, how can Tokyo 2020 go on with these games? They have to do everything within their conscience to try and make sure that they can punch this one through. One spike, and dare we say one fatality, and these games will go down as truly the darkest moment in their history. And that is saying something. All right, let's get to the rest of the news of the day. There's much more than just the Olympics and the fiasco that's going on on the other side of the world. We got a lot of stuff going on on this side of the pond. So let me get you to that one place where we house all the information to make sure that by the time you're done this podcast, you are completely abreast of the situation. Let me get you into the VIP room. You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time. So get to the point. 10 topics, 10 minutes. Hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl for his next set. Welcome to the VIP room. Okay, no brainer. We start with the association, right? Game six, Milwaukee Bucks with an opportunity to end a 50-year championship drought as they get ready to take on the Phoenix Suns at home for game six of the NBA final. Now let's remember something here. The Bucks dropped the first two games of this series against Phoenix, who just looked like the better team. Giannis and company, Chris Middleton, they stepped up and now are on the verge of becoming iconic in Wisconsin. The Bucks have opened up as five-point favorites. But Phoenix has not lost four games in a row all season, so what do you do? I, I would like to think that this isn't the regular season where you can put these numbers to the forefront, but I'm just going to throw them out there just in case. The home team has won four of the first five games of this series, with Milwaukee the only team to win on the road. So yeah, no matter how resilient the Suns have been this season, this is going to be tough. They've lost three straight just twice all year, and yeah, one of them just happens to be in the NBA championship. I always look back to Game 4. Remember when Phoenix was just a couple of minutes away from taking a three games to one series lead? They had a nine-point cushion in the fourth quarter, and then they blew their 16-point lead in Saturday's Game 5. Phoenix needs one thing to happen tonight. This is the only way that it goes to a Game 7. 
Devin Booker has to be on the court. When he is sitting down, Phoenix has been outscored by 39 points. And Chris Paul has to be on the court. He has not played more than 36 minutes in any of these last three games, and a lot of people are starting to wonder if he is in fact hurt. He hasn't scored more than 23 since game one, and has just one double-double in the final, and has turned it over nearly four times a game. How does Milwaukee lock this one up tonight? Continue to hit from the perimeter. Here's a name I want you to circle tonight. It's not Giannis, it's not Chris Middleton, it's not Jeru Holiday. Pat Connaughton has come off the bench, hit four of his six field goals in Game 5 all from beyond the arc, and is 8 for 17 from three-point range over the last three games. They get that kind of effort from the bench, they get to rest up Giannis, Chris, and Giroux. This one could be over tonight. Another reason, look at the numbers. Milwaukee has won 17 of their last 18 at home and got a feel that even if they're behind against Phoenix, that it's never over until it's over, considering how many times they've come from behind to win in this series. If you were going to bet this one tonight, you might want to take the over. That's where the money has gone in four of the five games of this series so far. Milwaukee five-point favorites. The over-under is set at a very enticing 222. Okay, to the world of baseball, and it's a story that just won't go away, but yet the next chapter in Oakland's fight to keep Major League Baseball in their city is underway. Eight Oakland City Councilors are going to vote on a $12 billion development and ballpark plan, and if it's a yes, the project stays alive, but if it's a no, the Oakland A's themselves say it will kickstart their team's relocation efforts. This one coming right from their president, Dave Cavell. He says, quote, our future in Oakland is hanging in the balance, and we're doing everything we can to get a yes vote on our plan to keep the A's rooted in Oakland, but we don't know if we're going to get a positive vote. There's still a lot of areas we're a part on significantly with the city, and we go into the vote not knowing how it's going to play out. This has been going on for two decades. We've talked about the movie to San Jose. We've talked about the movie to Fremont. There's a possibility they could end up in Las Vegas. We've heard Vancouver's name stupidly added into the mix. And yet of those cities that I mentioned, Vegas is the one that is absolutely ready to rock. Oakland has asked for $855 million from their city to pay for infrastructure improvements using taxes generated by the project. And it sounds like they're about $350 million short. That's what the A's would have to cover. And that, according to Cavell, is, quote, an extraordinary sum of money. So you know the A's and Dave Cavell, along with their owner John Fisher, have now made three trips to Nevada and are going back there on Wednesday. They've already got a flight booked for tomorrow in the event that council vote doesn't go their way. Rob Manfred said last week that it would be, quote, a mistake to refer to the Las Vegas option as a bluff, calling it a viable alternative for Major League Baseball. Cavell says it's the bottom of the ninth in Oakland. But if they do get a win, an agreement that they can all agree with, they will go into, quote, extra innings and hopefully get that final victory in the fall. Ah, baseball guys, they never change. Toronto Blue Jays have placed former Vancouver Canadian pitcher Alec Manoa on the 10-day injured list. He slipped on the dugout steps at Saline Field in Buffalo and uh, banged up his back a little bit. So it looks like it's just going to be a short stint, but at the same time, he will miss his next start. Toronto Blue Jays at home getting ready to take on the Boston Red Sox. Garrett Richards 5-5 five five against Thomas Hatch, making a spot start for Toronto. By the way, hottest team in baseball right now, not a team that we usually put in this category, the Detroit Tigers. They've won four in a row, 
13 and a half games back of Chicago with the Central, but Detroit now just seven games below 500 as the Tigers, who used to be the doormat of all of baseball, starting to turn their franchise around. The team that is struggling the most right now, no doubt about it, it's the Texas Rangers, who got absolutely boot-smacked by the Toronto Blue Jays over the weekend and find themselves a gobsmacking 21 and a half games out of first in the American League West. Seattle Mariners? Well, how about this? I don't know if we've been following them as closely as maybe we should. They're six games above 500 at 50 and 44, just six and a half games out of first place in that same West Division. As they come off a series victory over Los Angeles, get ready to open up in Colorado tonight. NFL story coming out today that Aaron Rodgers turned down a two-year extension offer from the Green Bay Packers at some point this offseason. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the deal would have made the reigning MVP the highest paid quarterback and player in all of football. If that doesn't tell you that Aaron Rodgers does not want to return to Green Bay, nothing will. Despite his stance, the Packers have said they are not ready to trade the three-time MVP. Rodgers has not shown up at the OTAs, has openly admitted that one of his challenges is with his own GM after they drafted quarterback Jordan Love back in 2020, and has been busy on Jeopardy and these made-for-TV exhibition events with Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, and Bryson DeChambeau. Imagine turning down the opportunity for the next two seasons to become the highest-paid player in the NFL simply because your GM drafted a quarterback knowing that you were 37. I just don't get it. Well, Adam Schefter's had a busy start to his work week because he's also reporting that LA Rams running back Cam Akers has a torn Achilles and will miss the entire 2021 season. That's a big blow to a team that is looking to finally get over the hump. And for the running back, it's been tough. He spent two games on the sidelines suffering a rib injury in week two after he fell out of football and then later in the season played through a high ankle sprain. Despite all of that, in 13 regular season games, he had 625 yards, caught 11 passes, and was looking to have a big breakout campaign coming off his rookie year, where he averaged 113 yards from scrimmage over his final seven games, including the postseason. Well, the NFL power rankings have been updated. Kansas City remaining at number one, Tampa Bay at number two, Ravens coming in at three, Buffalo at four, and Cleveland, despite all of their changes, right now ranking at five. Who's made jumps over the last couple of weeks? San Francisco bumps himself up to number six. And rounding out the top ten, the Rams at seven, the Patriots at eight, the Colts at nine, and the Seattle Seahawks squeaking into the top ten. Despite a lot of people thinking that they might go young in a couple of key positions, including corner with Daryl Taylor and a guard with Damian Lewis. And very quickly to the NHL, a lot of people wondering when Seattle, when the Kraken will finally start picking from other teams' rosters, that will be tomorrow at 5 o'clock Pacific. As the 2021 NHL expansion draft presented by Upper Deck takes place, Kraken get to select one player from each team, except, of course, from the Vegas Golden Knights, who'll have a total of 30. Seattle must choose a minimum of 20 players that are under contract for the 2021-2022 season, and they cannot buy out players chosen in this draft earlier than the summer following the end of this coming season. Now, the city of Seattle saying that they expect more than 4,000 fans to their NHL event that features a, a list of celebrities from their city. Everybody from Marshawn Lynch and Sue Bird, right through to former coach and star Lenny Wilkins, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, Bobby Wagner, and even Kyle Lewis and Jerry Bruckheimer. The Hollywood producer is going to be involved as well. I would imagine he would come out to an explosion of trucks and what have you. 
Cami Granado, the Kraken Scout, will be a part of the festivities as well. And why not? She's part of the Hockey Hall of Fame. And yes, Macklemore will be there because he's Macklemore. Now, of course, there's some interesting names that were not protected. You've probably heard them all by now. The big question is, will Montreal regret not protecting Carey Price, who was an icon in that city? And yes, there might be some injury. Woe City's got a battle, but there is a report that they may take up to five goaltenders and then start making some trades. Could you imagine if the Montreal Canadiens lost Carey Price to the Seattle Kraken? That'd be something. All right, let's get cracking ourselves. Hey, oh, let's get cracking here. On the other side of the break, we just keep the sports chatter going. We're also going to tell you how you can make a little bit of money, knock on wood, before this show is done. So much more Sports Bar Radio. I'm so happy to have you here. On the other side, we are going to talk about taking a better look at the Toronto Blue Jays and the Seattle Mariners. Why a Vancouver baseball fan is truly torn between geography and patriotism. Your thoughts as well. Money. Baseball. I mean, it's a great show, isn't it? Sports Bar Radio presented to you, as always, by Equity Guru is back after this. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and madmen. This segment is brought to you by Globex Mining, a mineral royalty company with 96 properties that has doubled in value since April. Globex owns assets in the area of precious, base, specialty, and industrial metals and recently sold one of its exploration properties to the giant Yamana Gold for $15 million, a lithium property sold to First Energy a week earlier. Their ticker symbol, GMX. For more information on Globex Mining, visit www.equity.guru. Welcome back to Sports Bar Radio with host Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity.Guru. Okay, welcome back to Sports Bar Radio. I am Rob Fay. Thank you so much for subscribing, for liking, and more than anything, just checking me out here and there. We've noticed that the numbers are doing pretty good as of late, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that in the summer, everybody's out and about, they're doing their thing, and every once in a while, you just want your one-stop shop for everything that is sports, and I got no problem being that guy for you. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever it takes so that you feel consistently like you can come here and you know what you're going to get. Uh, very quickly, before I get to the Toronto Blue Jay, Seattle Meritor comparables, I do want to touch base with you just about what we did yesterday. Uh, we announced our Nation Extreme Wrestling Circuit, and it is something that is still a work in progress. There's no doubt about it. If you listen to Chris Perry and I, you know that this is kind of the idea that started on a napkin is now going to be an actual thing. I can't tell you how much the feedback on social media channels meant to both of us. The fact that we are trying our best. Chris is putting his money where his mouth is. I've put in a ton of sweat equity into this, and uh, I'm just so proud of what we were able to unveil yesterday. So to the wrestlers that have been kind enough to sign up with us, kind of sight unseen, thank you for trusting in us. And more than anything, we've got a couple more announcements. I worked even into the wee hours last night. Somebody tweeted at me. They go, do you ever sleep? I'm like, yeah, I'll sleep someday. But more than anything, um, more wrestlers are coming in. I can't wait to uh, unveil those names to you. Okay, so beyond the squared circle, beyond everything that we got to in the last segment, from basketball to baseball to hockey to football to all the stuff that's going on, I love the comparisons when we talk about fans of the Toronto Blue Jays and fans of the Seattle Mariners here in the Pacific Northwest because we know that when the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays get together at T-Mobile Field, formerly known as Safeco, it is just uh, an experience for the senses. 
I guess that's the best way to describe it. Now, for many of those years, me personally, I didn't get to be a part of that because I was broadcasting minor league baseball. But I do remember the one time where my schedule actually had the time off while the Blue Jays were in Seattle and I got to see it with my own eyes. And I could not believe the magnitude of the fans that the Toronto Blue Jays brought south. You add to that back in 2013 when the Everett Aqua Sox, the Northwest League affiliate of the Seattle Mariners, were hosting the All-Star Game and their parent club Seattle allowed the two teams to get introduced in between innings. Well, imagine this. All of these All-Stars from across the Northwest League all of a sudden getting to go to Safeco and trot it out onto the field so that they can tip their cap to the crowd. It was a little subtle gesture. I'm sure a lot of the fan base that was at the game wasn't really paying attention to it, but all of a sudden they introduced the players from the Boise Hawks who were an affiliate of the Chicago Cubs and they introduced all the players from the different teams like Spokane who was in a minor league affiliate of the Texas Rangers. Now, Everett's players obviously got a little bit of pop from the crowd because that is the future. Future Mariners. But then the Toronto Blue Jay players got announced, and they were all wearing Vancouver Canadian uniforms, and unequivocally, not even close, way more than the Everett Aqua Sox fans, you know where I'm going with this, the crowd went bananas for those eight Vancouver Canadian players that were representing the future of the Toronto Blue Jays. Everybody from uh, LP Danzler to Jeremy Gabarowski, unbelievable. I'll never forget it. And that's when I started to realize that there truly is a divide of a baseball fan between those who celebrate the Seattle Mariners because of simple geography. A major league baseball team is about what? Driving, if everything goes well, two and a half hours away. Or the Toronto Blue Jays, who happens to be a four and a half hour flight to the right, but yet they are Canada's team. And that means a lot of us transplants from Ontario still get to have a little finger in the pie of uh, pride as we cheer on our, quote, hometown team. So my question to you as we go back and forth on this is I totally understand the Blue Jays' play. I understand why Rogers Communications absolutely unequivocally wanted to keep their team in Vancouver when all of a sudden Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball decided that they were going to switch things around. I have come forward with my story. I will go to my grave saying that the Toronto Blue Jays were out on Vancouver because the player operations wanted to stay closer to home in Lansing. But Rogers Communications knew what they had here on the West Coast. So the powers that be, the guys upstairs that signed the checks, went to baseball operations and said, no, 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 no. We are staying in Vancouver whether you like the time zone shift or not. So anyways... You've got all of this power play because Toronto realizes what they have in Vancouver, a West Coast presence where they can continue to punch the Rogers brand, where they can continue to punch that Canada's team, and it makes total sense. Trust me, you don't have to sell me on the Toronto Blue Jays and the Vancouver Canadians having that synergy. But why wouldn't the Seattle Mariners, instead of just looking down at Portland, not look up here in Vancouver and realize what a baseball hotbed they have? They're two and a half hours away from a fan base that sells out Nat Bailey Stadium on the regular that is more than willing to support their team and travel south of the border to watch their beloved Toronto Blue Jays. Why wouldn't they have a stronger presence? I have had this conversation with so many people over the years because they say the same thing. Why don't the Seattle Mariners do what the Toronto Blue Jays do? 
For example, every offseason, the Toronto Blue Jays will send either a caravan out to Vancouver or they will send a bunch of players and executives out for the Vancouver Canadians Hot Stove Luncheon, which is an annual event where the Canadians raise money for their foundation and the Blue Jays have a presence. And they've sent everybody from uh, Marcus Stroman we've seen, Kevin Pillar's been here, Tim Raines has been here, uh, Aaron Sanchez. I, mean, I don't even know if I said that name twice. Uh, gosh, they've had Dalton Pompey. They've had Russell Martin. They've had... Drew Hutchinson. I mean, over the years, there have been so many baseball guys. Alex Anthopoulos has been here. Ross Atkins, Paul Beeston, Roberto Alomar. I mean, I could just do the roll call, Fred McGriff, of players that have come out to this particular event. Where are the Seattle Mariners? Seattle Mariners will send James Paxton once, who was probably coming home to pick up some laundry anyway. And every once in a while, they'll send a, a, a broadcaster like Rick Riz just to spread the gospel, the good word. I've always long said that Seattle has missed out on an opportunity. They set up an Everett, and I understand that it makes sense to them geographically because 45 minutes, you can send your guys up there, get a couple of rehab starts in, and that's good. But let's be honest, what is Everett? 65, 70,000 people max? It's a sleepy military town that outside of being a commuter city to Seattle doesn't offer a lot of bread and butter to their parent club. Whereas if they were to drive just one more hour north, they get into a city of two and a half million, an Olympic city, a city that considers themselves major league caliber, and yet they won't cross the border. They won't come into Vancouver and make a true impact. They don't run commercials more than the odd time. They don't do anything more than the odd contro deal with their different media outlets. And I continue to sit back and say, why? Why wouldn't they want more? Like, why would the Seattle Mariners not look at Vancouver as a true viable option? They look at Oregon that way, but realistically, as much as you want Portland, who's got the NBA, who's got MLS, who's got their own things, university teams left, right, and center, I just don't understand it. I've always thought to myself, you are allowing a major property within three geographical hours from you to allow a team that is three time zones away to simply wave a Canadian flag and say, look over here, and you just let it happen. Yes, I know there are certain Seattle Mariners fans that are probably listening to this saying this is bullshit, man. Dude, I love the Mariners. I go down there all the time. But even as a Mariners fan, you've got to know that they're missing out on this opportunity. That if they were to come up here, and let's say hypothetically the Seattle Mariners were to play, oh, I don't know, at BC Place once or twice a season. Sure, there's a bit of revenue loss from being down at T-Mobile, but you're expanding your brand. You're playing in a facility that if they were to ever put a little bit of money, could re-retrofit it so that baseball could be included. I have seen them think about it. I have seen with my own eyes UBC baseball players going in with Vancouver Canadians executives, with Pavco executives, and trying to see if that stadium in its current configuration could somehow realign for baseball. It can't as of right now, but with a little bit of elbow grease and a bit of money and a bit of an investment, you could probably reconfigure that and get baseball in there. And I'm talking major league baseball. Why would you not, even if they were exhibition games, even if they were spring training games, why would Seattle not want to have a presence here in Vancouver? It has always been bewildering to me. And I look around right now, and sure, everybody says that this is a Major League Baseball city. Well, if you have a Major League Baseball team that is two and a half hours away and doesn't want to really even invest in you, maybe that's something you got to take into consideration. Maybe we, as Vancouverites and as British Columbians, think that we're the cat's ass. Maybe we think we're a Major League Baseball city. But maybe people outside of our bubble don't look at us the same way. 
Because if we're truly quote-unquote a major league city, why wouldn't Seattle want a bigger piece of the pie? And don't think that the Toronto Blue Jays care whether or not their players are developing in Canada. Trust me, they'll give you the song and dance that they will. That is a play to keep Rogers communications at the forefront so that they can keep pitching you on their TV packages. They can keep pitching you on their cell phones. They can keep their name north of the border. But make no mistake about it. If the Toronto Blue Jays had their way, they would keep all of their farm teams a lot closer to home but they understand what Vancouver means to them from a marketing perspective. But if we look at ourselves as a major league city, then why don't more major league teams come knocking? We have a dome stadium. We got all this money allegedly that we're ready to go if somebody ever came knocking on the city for an expansion or a relocation. Well, if so, where are they? Because we see it happen with the NBA every once in a while that they'll bring their team up here, that they'll bring the Portland Trailblazers or the Raptors even every once in a while just to keep their toes dipping in the water on the West Coast. You ever see baseball do that? Do you ever see a spring training game find its way north? Do you ever see an opportunity? And I know what you're thinking, well, the stadium wouldn't be ready. Trust me, if Major League Baseball came knocking, be it Nat Bailey Stadium or be it BC Place with a reconfiguration, somebody would find a way to get that done. And yet nobody does. So I'm not sitting here doom and gloom. I'm not the guy with the sickle and the big hood over my face trying to cover my eyes. I'm just saying in plain sight, as much as I love the relationship between the Toronto Blue Jays and Vancouver, as much as I wonder why the Seattle Mariners don't go into Vancouver a little more often or across British Columbia, the lower mainland, and make a bigger presence of themselves, I don't know. I just sit back and I say to myself, maybe we think we're prettier than we are when it comes to the game of baseball. Maybe we are just the Vancouver Canadians, be it AAA or single A or long A or whatever they want to call it. And that's okay, but don't fool yourself. Because if you were truly the bee's knees, people would come to you. People would knock on your door. You wouldn't have to keep... It's kind of like the old adage, if you're handsome or if you're pretty, you don't have to tell them you are. They'll tell you that you are. And the only thing that I have ever heard from the commissioner's office, be it Rob Manfred, be it Bud Selig, or anybody that has come before him, he said Vancouver would be a great city to get to. And then they list it along with 10 or 11 other cities. Everywhere from San Juan to Nashville to Las Vegas and Portland. And I have long said this, and not a lot of people want to hear it, but if you were to list right now cities in North America, I don't think Vancouver is in the top five. Like, for example, if Oakland doesn't get the votes that they need, they're going to Las Vegas. They're not going to Nashville. They're not going to all these other cities. And they're definitely not coming to Vancouver or Montreal. They're going to Las Vegas. Because everybody wants to go to Las Vegas now that it's opened up. Remember, it used to be sacrilege to go to Las Vegas because of the gambling and what have you. Now the NFL's there. You know the NBA's going to get there at some point. You've got hockey there. And for sure, baseball at some point is going to be coming to the desert. So anyways, a long conversation about maybe nothing, but at the same time, just remember this. Baseball is coming back to Vancouver. It's going to be in the Vancouver Canadiens fashion. Go support your boys. The Major League stuff, if you're a Blue Jay fan, you're a Blue Jay fan. If you're a Mariners fan, you're a Mariners fan. But don't think for a second that Seattle isn't missing a golden opportunity to come up here and make some noise if they were ever to just put a little more effort into it. Because again, if we're a baseball town the way that we say they are, then Seattle should be coming over here on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis, trying when that border finally opens to have us all clamoring, itching to get down to T-Mobile and make a go of it. 
All right, let's take our break here. When we come back, let's make a little bit of money, should we? We talked about Game 6 of the NBA Final, which is coming up just in a couple of hours from now, but we got a couple of baseball games that I think are itching for you to place a buck or two on them. Uh, I will let you know the games that I have circled on my program book and maybe you would want to take a look at as well. You're listening to your Tuesday edition of Sports Bar Radio. I'm Rob Fay of this show, like all before and all to come, are brought to you by my good friends at Equity Guru, our final segment of Sports Bar Radio after this. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and madmen. This segment is brought to you by Arizona Metals, a mineral exploration company working two 100% owned gold, copper, zinc properties in the mining-friendly U.S. state of Arizona. Arizona metal stock has been on a strong upward move recently, doubling over the month of May and continuing upwards in June, and investors earlier in the year are seeing a 400% increase on their money. Their Canadian ticker symbol is AMC. For more information on Arizona metals, visit www.equity.guru. Did you lose your seat? That's okay. I have a better one up front. Welcome back to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay. Final segment of Sports Bar Radio for your Tuesday. It is a beautiful day. I just want to say before we get on to the rest of the show, thank you to all of the firefighters, the first responders that are out there battling the fires across the province of British Columbia. I know that sounds kind of just, you know, oh, here goes Rob on one of his things, but it's a real thing. We've been so locked in on COVID. We've been so locked on with everything going on around the world. I just wanted to take a moment and say to all those firefighters, first responders, people that are in the forest, in the brush, that are trying to fight off those flames, we are thinking of you today. Our thoughts are with you, and thank you for everything that you do. Okay, let's get on to it. Let's make sure that as we get ready for this, you know that every time I do this segment, it's your money, it's your responsibility to do your own due diligence. I'm just going to try to provide you with some stats that maybe push you in a direction that could help you but it is up to you. I'm simply the guy that brings you the money opportunities. You're the one that's got to place the actual bet. So let's see if I can push you in the right direction. Let's not swim against the current. Let's swim with it. Let's let the water do the work for us. I think I got some good ones for you today. Want to bet? tell you how many times I've had to break up shoving matches between two guys fighting over what team they think will win the big game. Boys, you want to know who locks and who the long shots are? Why didn't you just ask? Okay, so I mentioned a little bit earlier that the Seattle Mariners, six games above 500, are starting a series in Colorado. And Marco Gonzalez, the single-digit assassin, he who wears number seven, getting the ball today for the Mariners. He is one in five with an ERA just shy of six. Taking on Herman Marquez, who's been pretty good for the Rockies, eight and six this year, but a whip of 1-1-4, and he's got an ERA respectable at 3-3-6. So the question on this one is Colorado is actually minus 180. They're the favorites to win this one. The question is the over-under is set at 11. And you've got a guy in Marco Gonzalez who has been torched in his last seven games. 0-3 with an ERA of 5.77. If you pull the lens back, he's 1-5 with a 5.88 
over the course of uh, 56 and two-thirds innings. So I'm not actually going to bet against the Mariners. I might just bet specifically against Marco Gonzalez. And it hurts me to say that. Nobody wants to go against one specific player. But two starts ago against Texas went three and a third, gave up eight hits, seven earned runs, and it's just been really shaky. Now you put him in Colorado where the ball flies. The over-under is 11. I think this one is going to go over. My apologies to Marco Gonzalez. I just think 11 is a perfect number to watch a score like 7-6, 8-7, something that's going to go with the over. And with the money that is available to you on that bet right now, I would definitely take it. And trust me, I'm not alone in thinking this right now. Two-thirds of the people that are betting on this one in Vegas right now going with the over in this game. Boston and Toronto. I'm going to take this one straight up because right now Toronto is the modest favorites because they're at home. Minus 130 this game taking place tonight at Saline Field in Buffalo. But at just plus 120, a very modest underdog, I think you can put a little bit of money here and you'll make a little bit of money on Boston. Yes, Toronto's offense is rolling. And right now, the over-under at 11, 74% of the money in Vegas is going on Toronto to cover that number. But I just want to take this one straight up. And the reason that I do is Thomas Hatch making his first start of the season against Boston, who is just as good on the road as they are at home, trying to fend off Tampa Bay, who's just a game and a half behind them in the standings. And Boston wants to get right. They're four and six in their past 10. They can feel Tampa, tap it on their shoulders, saying, hey, we're right behind you. And Toronto right now, I believe, is looking to simply get home as the Blue Jays actually return to Rogers Center in a week and a half. So I think this is a sleepy one. You're not going to make a huge amount of money on this, but you are going to make some money if you take Boston as the underdog at plus 120 to beat the Blue Jays tonight. Hey, if you want to do the over-under, which is 11.5, fill your boots. Boston sending Garrett Richards to the mound, 6-2 right-hander. He's 1-1 one one with a 7.11 ERA in his past seven games. So again, between a guy making his first start in 2020 and a guy that's been torched, maybe you want to take that 11.5. I just get real weary of games between the Blue Jays and Red Sox. They've been burned on them far too much, which is why I'm just going to go straight up. I'm taking the Sox to win this one, but again, place your money where your mouth is. As I mentioned just before I started this segment, please do your own due diligence. Please bet responsibly. And more than anything, let's just have some fun together, even if we're doing it just in the fantasy perspective where we're not actually trading money. All right, tomorrow's show right around the corner. We're going to talk a little wrestling. We're going to get into UFC. Uh, we're going to update you on a number of different things on a local front. What's going on with the Vancouver Whitecaps and the BC Lions? Lions at training camp. The Whitecaps are trying to salvage their season down in Sandy, Utah. So, yeah, we got a lot of things to get to. Vancouver Canucks will know which player is switching the green and blue for the double blue of the Seattle Kraken and much more. Yeah, so tomorrow's going to be an awesome show. We're going to talk NHL, Major League Baseball, the NFL. Uh, we'll talk some Vancouver content and much more. My thanks to each and every person that has actually clicked on this particular show today. My thanks to Jay Swing, producer extraordinaire, brother from another mother, and more than anything to all my good friends at Equity Group to J.P. Chung, to Galen, to Chris Perry. Thank you for the opportunity and to the irreplaceable Priscilla Choi. Until we do this again tomorrow, your midday week, your hump day show just hours from now, I'm Rob Fay. Thank you for listening in to Sports Bar Radio. I will see you just a couple hours from now. Sports Bar Radio was brought to you by Equity Guru, investment information for the new generation. Visit us at equity.guru and let's make some money together. 
Please note, any mention of companies on this podcast is part of a promotional campaign, and the information you hear should be a part of extensive due diligence. As well, always get advice from an accredited financial advisor before you make any investment decision. Protect yourself.